At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And welcome to the Lombardi Live right here on VEASAN, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next two hours. We'll be taking a look back at what we saw last night, Wes, as the Pittsburgh Steelers keep their swim mm-hmm. playoff hopes alive, but keep hope alive. It's still there for Big Ben, an emotional night. They get the victory over the Cleveland Browns, easily cashing those tickets if you were a Steeler backer. And boy, what a wild ride that line move was as they opened up, getting a couple points, went up to as high as three and a half that the Steelers were getting, and then flipped all the other way around where the Steelers, that steam went in their direction, uh, laying as high as two and a half points. I saw, I believe it closed around one, but no matter where you got that Steeler number, it easily cashed as the Browns were eliminated uh, for the postseason before they ever took play like, like last night. And Wes, they played like a team that was dead. They played like a team mm-hmm. that looked like as it closed with the Browns actually giving a point here at BetMGM. They just played like, I don't know if I want to be here. Let's get on the bus, get warm, and get out of uh, Pittsburgh. They lose 26-14. The under cash is here at 43 and a half. And again, we all assume the last ride for Big Ben in Pittsburgh as they've got a road game next week. Uh, they they need to win, get some help to still stay in it. But what was your biggest takeaway here? I want to start from Cleveland's perspective mm-hmm. here because I think people were betting Cleveland thinking, all right, well, as long as they're alive, they'll play with a sense of urgency. Once that went away, Wes, would that have changed your mind pre-flop knowing that they could not make the postseason before they kicked off last night? Well, that's why the line moved. I had the early number on the Steelers, fortunately enough, at plus three. But that's really why you saw it move is because, number one, the Browns have been one of those teams that have had a lot of injuries this year and a lot of different COVID concerns. And the fact that they were eliminated, the fact that this was going to be Roethlisberger's swan song Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, I think really moved that line toward the Steelers. But from the Browns' side, I guess what I would be looking at and wondering – if I if I was a Browns backer, took it on the chin last night. Why aren't you running the ball? Why did you only run the ball twenty times? I think it was uh, Peyton Manning on the Manning cast goes. Oh boy. Anytime Nick Chubb <laughs> is not next to Baker Mayfield in the backfield, nothing good is happening. It was hysterical watching that last night. And to that point, he goes, "Who is that? Austin Hooper? You think that's a run threat? Austin Hooper? Like he's he's Kevin Stefanski. By the way, was coach of the year mm-hmm. last year in the NFL." So again, we're not we're not trying to throw uh, Kevin Stavansky too far under the bus, but did not put cover himself in glory last night with that game. Plan. And and as good as the Steeler defense is, the 
run defense is really the weakness of this yes. team and has been all season. So it's like, okay, why aren't you trying to run the ball? The uh, Cleveland Browns, by the way, averaged 3.5 yards a play. Baker Mayfield was 16 to 38 for 139, Oof. two interceptions, uh, which which made Ben Roethlisberger, by comparison, look like he was, uh, you know, running the air raid or something. <laughs> and, and really what you saw with the Steelers, that's kind of what you've been seeing out of this team all year. Get pressure on the passer. T.J. Yeah. Watt, by the way, four sacks. You got to think. He might be, and I haven't checked this of this morning, the leader in the clubhouse for defensive player of the year, getting, you know, eclipsing the 20 sack mark and had four last night. But that's what the Steelers do. They play good defense, and that's how they win games and hope that Ben and the offense don't, you know, totally crap the bed here. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, 24 of 46, I believe officially he went down for 109 passing yards. That's like impossible to have that few yards. Attempts. Now that includes, I think, the sack yardage, by the way. It was 123 yards passing minus the 14 for the sacks. That's that's like impossible to throw that many passes <laughs> because uh, actually well, when they had uh, Snoop Dogg on the Manning cast last night, and by the way, Snoop had very good football observations. It was great. Uh, and Peyton Manning goes, well, Pittsburgh's really got the two-yard out route down. Because it seems like that, that that's what they were running every single play if you were watching this game and just just baffling uh, uh, to watch. And it's like, how does this team win games? Well, it's because you have T.J. Watt and you have a really good defensive line. So let me go ahead and clear up the playoff scenarios, okay. by the way. You mentioned the Browns mm -hmm. eliminated. Steelers still uh, staying alive, staying alive. BGs. But anyway, they have to clinch in order for them to clinch. They got to beat Baltimore yep. on the road on Sunday. And look, they defeated the Ravens earlier in this season. Remember uh, 2019 at Heinz Field? Big Ben actually is very good in the second half because they were behind. So the Steelers got to win, but the Jacksonville Jaguars the got to defeat the Indianapolis Colts. By Please. the way, the Colts have not won in Duval since 2014. So, you know, well over two touchdown favorites. But Come on. They, yeah, they had not won down there since 2014, the Colts. So No shot for the Jags, right? I, I don't think a shot for them to win, but, boy, I'm not going to necessarily lay the Colts on the road in the spot, at least with the number. Right. Colts are in the win and in spot, though. If they go ahead and win, they get in. There's also another scenario for a Steelers win and a Colts loss. The Chargers and the Raiders, which is going to be Sunday night football right here in Las Vegas, cannot end in a tie because if there is a tie, the Steelers would be out and the Chargers and Raiders would both make the playoffs. So I think that'd kind of be like a funny scenario, though, if you remember uh, uh, on the Simpsons, the Springfield Open between Bart Simpson and Todd Flanders and miniature golfer, they <laughs> turn in their ball and their putter and they go, we decided we're both equally good. You know, so so that would that would be hilarious well, if that were to happen. I could I've never we've never had a scenario like that where if a game ended in a tie, both teams would win. And I wonder if there'd be like a wink wink, mm -hmm. you know, like Basaccia and Brandon Staley say, Hey, why why don't we just try to figure out a way to get this thing to three three, uh, whatever it right. might be, and just let's call it a day so we both get in. I don't think that will happen. We'll try no. to break down this playoff picture. Uh, no, there's bit. too much hatred, and I'm right. not just talking on the football field. Uh, I'm talking about in the stands. Uh, Chargers and Raiders, by the way, when I explain this rivalry to maybe people who aren't from the West Coast, these two teams hate each other. There's they a do. lot of heat from back in the day. The old owner of the Chargers, I think before Mr. Spanos bought the team, and Al Davis absolutely despised each other. And, uh, you know, just look at maybe some of the videos 
videos that get posted on YouTube uh, in terms of fights in the stands. Uh, sometimes they involve uh, sharp objects. Sometimes they don't. But Chargers and Raiders, no love loss. Yeah, so it would be hard for them to have a mutual agreement to end this game in a tie so they can both make the postseason. But we assume it'll be a winner-gets-in scenario here for the Chargers and Raiders. That's where it is right now. We will break down this playoff picture a little bit later on give you some odds and updated odds on what we think might happen in the respective conferences. Back to Watt for a second with that four-sack performance last night. He is now the overwhelming favorite at minus 400 okay. to win uh, defensive player of the year. And you know our buddy Brian McFadden, we've had him on uh, many, many times here on Decent. He, he was texting me last night saying, you know, all your Micah Parsons and your Aaron Donalds and all your – great, but it's got to be Watt here. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned – he didn't miss some significant time this year. So when you do you count against him for missing the time in the voting or go, boy, he would easily have broken Strahan's record, the sack record, if he didn't miss the, the time. The, the, the latter, I think. And, and plus, obviously, having his brother be a face, kind of a recognizable face to casual fans in the league, that being J.J. Watt, of mm -hmm. course, uh, I think, you know, doesn't necessarily hurt his cause. It's like, oh, wow, he has a brother, too, that's really good, you know? So so that's what I think you're going to be looking at there. And you mentioned minus $4 on Watt, Micah Parsons plus 350, Aaron Donald 8-1, and then go down to Miles Garrett at 20-1. to So that started, of course, a whole chain reaction on the text chain, and I have my Aaron Donald people, and, of course, I'm trying to back Micah Parsons here, plus three. 50 uh, because when you see Watt do what he did last night and we're, we'll talk about this coach of the year uh, you know uh, MVP all these things yeah there's been a lot of shakeup in right these it's, it's a sliding scale right so that recency bias that we talk about a lot that's going to really help Watt's cause here with the second to last game it's Ben's last game it's Monday night football all the eyeballs are on could you make a case then that let's just say Mike, I don't know how much Mike is even going to play against the Eagles and what looks like a dead spot for the Cowboys because it looks like they're stuck in that four spot now mm -hmm. in the NFC. Before you make these wagers on these last week before these futures are going to get cashed and a lot of these uh, voted on awards, West. Do you have to look at which team is actually going to play their guys fully? Because yeah. Watt's going to go because the Steelers have to win. Well, and, and and when you look at the MVP, because that's an interesting question, because I was noticing this, Aaron Rodgers now up to minus $4. Is he going to play? Because that's the thing. Like, Green Bay does they not. They don't have to do anything. No. However... You do have Aaron Rodgers at minus four dollars for MVP. You have Matt Lafleur and Zach Taylor neck and neck at eight to five plus one sixty. So it's like, are these guys going to be thinking about these awards and whatnot? And I don't think you know if Green Bay necessarily you know plays their second stringers that they're going to necessarily lose these awards. But I think that that does maybe come into mind too. And by the way, one of the things with handicapping just in a macro sense mm -hmm. this week. This is contract incentive week. It so, is. you know, do your due diligence and, and read your beat riders to see who needs if those it. are mentioned in the column, who needs this many yards, who needs to get this touchdown, because this is contract incentive week. And I don't think coaches, by and large, even though they work for the organization, want to not want to prevent these guys from getting their money no. because there will be grudges held for forever if that happens. Totally. So that's something you have to monitor, I think, in terms of uh, what the lines and the spreads are because a common theme throughout the show that I will keep mentioning is that Everything right now is baked into the cake in terms of playoff scenario. You're not going to be like, oh, this team needs a win, so I got to bet that. <laughs> the guys have already set the numbers know that. 
they already have this laid out the same thing as you, so you're not going to get an edge betting like that. And again, uh, we'll get into it, and we're going to have Will Hill on uh, later on this hour as well, talking NFL, looking ahead to week number 18. But we will get more into the coach of the year discussion here because for the life of me, if Mike Vrabel doesn't win this thing, what in the hell are we doing here? I, I, I get no, he, it. He was my guy, too. Remember right. we talked about him at 20 to 1? Absolutely. I, I just I cannot believe that they're going to be the number one seed if they win the number one seed in the AFC. And you're going to give it to Zach Taylor? And, like To me, that's just mind-boggling. Well, and here's something that I saw yesterday. Assuming the Titans go to Houston and win, they will clinch because they do have the head-to-head over Kansas City from earlier this season. Since they've been doing the DVOA rankings Mm -hmm. uh, at Football Outsiders, I believe they do it back to 1985, the Tennessee Titans would be the worst ever DVOA team to get a number one seed. That's got to be coaching there with all the guys on injured reserve all year. They don't have a whole lot of talent, and they might be the number one seed. We'll talk about more. We will have Will Hill on later on this hour. Also, break down those playoff pictures and all the NFL scenarios. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. We were talking about Coach of the Year. And, Wes, one thing I do like when we look at these odds here, only one week to go, and remember, people, this is not a postseason award. This is a regular season award that will be voted on after the conclusion of the regular season. So what happens is they won't get announced for a while. They announced it, I think, uh, the night before the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And then people are like, well, he didn't even get his team to the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Regular season only when you want to figure out a way to navigate through these waters. So when you look at the coach of the year odds as they the way they stand right now as we go into week number 18, you're very good, Wes, at saying which guys are kind of 
dead on the board. Like, don't waste your money. Don't waste your dollar because, really, even though you might go, ooh, that's good value at Cliff Kingsbury at 50 to 1, if there's no realistic shot of Mm -hmm. navigating a path to get this award, then there's no value in it. To me, it feels like the top three. Belichick, there's a glimmer of hope because they could still – there's a scenario. They still have to get the one seed right. in the AFC, right? Now, it's going to yeah. take, you know, it would have to be like, you know, Bills lose, Pats win, Chicago has a second fire. I mean, all kinds of things would have to happen sure. in order for this to happen. So, realistically, is it the top three or bust, in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you could make maybe a small argument for Nick Sirianni, but the Philadelphia Eagles uh, not wanting to, you know, crap on their accomplishment of making the playoffs here under a first-year head coach, but they did have a pretty... I think amenable schedule and down division. the stretch, uh, fairly easy. So I think Frank Reich with the loss last weekend, he he went down. I think McVay even went down, even though they got a win, but didn't really win by much. So it's pretty much those top three with Lafleur, Taylor, and Vrabel. And I've been making a little bit of a, a case for Matt Lafleur in a in the regard of the fact that that's a way to honor Green Bay if you have some voters and writers sure. and whatnot that are a little upset with Aaron Rodgers or maybe this is how we'll reward Green Bay and not reward Aaron Rodgers is maybe giving LaFleur the coach of the year. But look, Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor, they have won their division mm-hmm. and have wrapped it up with, with a week left to play. So, I mean, I think you got to you gotta look at that. Now people will say, oh, my God, can we really give it to Zach Taylor? It's like because the, the perception is with a young coach that he's not a really proven coach. Well, he almost blew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he did. He did. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, two fourth downs that were – they got bailed out with penalties on fourth downs that they did not get at yeah. the goal line in the final minute of regulation. Could you imagine that disaster if they're going to overtime yeah. they lose to the Chiefs? But they do get the win. I'm with you. I feel like it's the top three here. Yes, Belichick felt like he was certainly maybe the front runner for the majority of the year until the kind of the late down the season Mac Jones issues here, which is also probably going to cost Mac Jones a Rookie of the Year award. But when you make the case to me for Mike Vrabel, it gets down to this. There's still value in that number of the sliding scale. It could still move this week because if they win this week, Tennessee not only has already wrapped up the South, they become the number one overall seed. And to your point that you made before we went to break last time, you look at the team and, and, and actually the, the, the power rankings and just the, the roster makeup, they're not very – I don't want to say they're not very good, mm-hmm. but they're, they're certainly not a team that scares you. And if Mike Vrabel is able to overcome the Bill Belichicks and the Andy Reeds and, you know, you, you name it, the, the, the Zach Taylors, right, whoever we believed and perceived to be a really good coach – uh, right now in the AFC, at least their teams in their standing, and get the number one seed overall in the AFC? Right. I mean, to me, I just don't know how at plus 350, I can't sprinkle a little bit on that this week, thinking that they will one win. Mm-hmm. And once they win, again, it has nothing to do with the postseason, even if they're one and done as a number one seed. They're going to get a bye in that first round. They get that one seed. To me, Wes, I don't know what else you can do to maximize your coaching value. And like you said, regular season awards. So, look, if they go ahead, I think, and win next week and wrap up the number one seed, I do think Vrabel should be coach of the year. However, I did mention they'd be the worst number one seed in that DVOA Mm -hmm. uh, uh, value, value over replacement, that DVOA history. So this would be a team, though, 
as much as you want to recognize the regular season accomplishments that I might be looking to fade in the divisional round because who would be the four or five matchup? It could be, I think, a combination of like three or four teams. Right now, it would be Buffalo or New England. Well, Buffalo, right. And, and let's get into that. And as we extrapolate that further here and, and leave the coach of the year conversation and go to the AFC and look at the conference odds here because that that's an interesting point. And, you know, we've had, I've heard Gil say it right here. He's got some tickets uh, in pocket for Tennessee. Tennessee to represent the conference in the Super Bowl, much better numbers than you would get right now. But even now, it still feels like if Tennessee is the one seed, are you really going to back them at plus 500? Now, again, the good news there would be, theoretically, it looks like Derrick Henry would be coming Mm -hmm. back. It looks like you're getting your complement of wide receivers back. We know how well they play defense. They would have to play one less game, theoretically, than the Chiefs, Bills, Pats, Bengals, Colts, you name it. So I think that's where the that's where the allure of the plus five hundred comes into play of going, well, they've already won one game, essentially, if they are the one seed, right? So is there value there in that number for you for a healthier Tennessee Titan team? Or do you still go, boy, I just don't trust the roster makeup. As great as they've been in the regular season, as much accomplishment as they have. I'm not going to back them. Well, and you look at the AFC conference odds there by BetMGM. Buffalo obviously has shorter odds. So Buffalo would be the four seed and Tennessee would be the one if everything kind of holds serve as it is right now. So that obviously tells you Buffalo is going to be favored on the road again at Tennessee. Remember when Buffalo had that big win at Kansas City when that that was kind of like the we even though people I think knew before the season that Buffalo was going to be at least pretty good or at yeah. least a viable contender the in the AFC that was like the we have arrived when they absolutely went to Arrowhead Stadium and smacked around Kansas City 38 to 20 and then that's where you bet against because you get it the value from week to week it's like wow this Buffalo team everybody was saying hey this is the best team in the league then they go to Tennessee and that's when I came in on the Titans they were minus six at Tennessee Tennessee gets the outright win 34-31. So that is telling me right now, if that is the matchup in the divisional round, you're probably at least laying three on the road with Buffalo. I would tell you this, Wes. The reason why I deep side that, because I I was on Buffalo on a teaser scenario there to close out about a seven-team teaser on that Monday night football game. And the Tennessee Titans this year have destroyed so many tickets. The mm-hmm. Seattle game, I believe, week two, where they were down by, I, I want to say. They were down 14 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And somehow came back and won that game uh, in Seattle. The Buffalo Bill game that you mentioned, where Buffalo couldn't get an inch uh, inside the five-yard line in the final minute, down three, where they could have kicked a field goal and at least gone in overtime. Eschewed that, got stopped, Tennessee gets the outright win. Tennessee's had a lot of those type wins. Mm-hmm. So Mike Vrabel has been walking that tightrope all year. Plus 500, I don't. There is value there because they play the one less game. But to your point, Buffalo, who would have to win just to get the the opportunity to go to Tennessee, has the shorter odds on the board. That is astounding to me. And the Chiefs, despite the loss at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. are still the, the, the favorite, the big favorite here at plus 190. Look at the Bengals at plus 900 plus. Right. Did they scare you or is their defense a little bit too much of a bugaboo for you? Well, you look, too. Uh, Cincinnati would be the number three. Right now, the Colts would be the number six. Let's see if that's a first-round matchup wildcard weekend. Oh. Plus $9, plus $9. That basically tells you it's a pick em game with the Colts going on the road against Cincinnati. So, you know, I, it basically is a toss-up game. And like the Colts at 9-1, to one, probably some, a lot of the value has been extracted. You could have got them close to double that maybe a couple weeks ago. 16-1. to one. But yeah. 
you look at the Colts and they're nine and seven and you feel like they should be a better team because of the leads that they have blown, but yet they're nine and seven for a reason. I think Sunday kind of opened your eyes to that with the Colts losing at home to the Raiders. Carson Wentz was not sharp. And I think Carson Wentz has actually been good by and large this year. He has not been bad. I think the returns at least have been good, maybe not overwhelmingly great, but he's been good enough. And he had a bad game on Sunday against the Raiders. So that's what worries you. And that's why I think people are a little bit lukewarm on the Colts, even though I think from an under the radar standpoint, they would be the team I would be looking at to say, hey, they can pull an upset or two on the road. You know, it's fascinating to me, Wes. Look at the Chargers and Raiders. 18 to 80 to one. And mm-hmm. those two teams play a win or get and get in scenario here in Las Vegas right. on Sunday night. And yet the the odds have the Chargers to win the conference and, at 18 to well, one. Well, Chargers there's are no belief in the Raiders. They're about two and a half or three on the road, and it's actually gone down to like two and a half here for Sunday night. So I can understand why the Chargers have shorter odds. That's a pretty wide discrepancy, though, for a team that's only less than a field goal favorite. Absolutely no respect, Rodney Dangerfield, for the Raiders. Uh, When we come back, we will delve deeper into the NFC and try to extrapolate those odds as well and see if we can find some value. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. is a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now until April 5th for only $69. Sign up now. You get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game, and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And and Wes, I wanted to bring this up because we talked about coach of the year and the odds there. We did talk about, obviously, T.J. Watt at minus 400, now the overwhelming favorite to win defensive player of the year. And what I think gets lost in the shuffle is the offensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is the award, to me, feels cheapened. Because they don't give the MVP anymore to defensive players unless your name is Lawrence Taylor in the 1980s. Right. That the the MVP has become an offense-only award. So it's almost like a co-award. So you're not a quarterback, so you're not going to win the MVP. So we got to figure out a new award, and that's where the running backs come in, it feels like, in the Offensive Player of the Year. So while it should have the same gravitas as the Defensive Player of the Year, it doesn't. Because it feels like, well, you weren't quite good enough to be MVP, so take this consolation prize. Right. Right? Do you get that sense, too? That the the award has been watered down because they won't allow, unless you have a spectacular year outside of the quarterback position, the MVP's become a, a quarterback award. It almost feels like it's like the Doak Walker Award in college football now or the Blitnikoff Award for best receivers. So, I mean, that's what... 
that's what it really feels like. And, and you know, you're looking at this. And plus the fact that uh, I think uh, this was uh, pertaining to, by the way, the top two categories for that offensive player of the year now are Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Right. Minus 110 on both of them. You could really make an argument. But uh, Cooper Cup has a chance to, like, break a lot of records yes, here in he Week does. 18. And I know he made some comments yesterday that – he doesn't feel right about it in terms of breaking records because they now have 18-week season and I, 17 games. He has but, a sense of history. I appreciate but that. But nevertheless, if, if Cooper Cup gets 136 yards on Sunday or Saturday, or Sunday, yeah, Sunday against 49ers, he'll break Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving yards record at 1964. He's also 12 catches shy of overtaking Michael Thomas's record at 149. But I think what Cup says is right. But it's been like this for years. It's not just the addition of this 18th week and now 17 games. It's really just how the game is played. It's so much different now. Nope. I mean, because the, the rules are favored toward the offense because they obviously, you know, that five-yard zone, they obviously call more pass interference and more defensive holding. You have more roughing the passers. You know, the body weight deal, which I absolutely hate. It's I wish awful, that, I, that's awful the one, rule. That's one rule. If I could take one rule, I wish that would go away. But – you know, Cup is trying to be a triple crown winner. And you look at the guys that were triple crown winners, that means leading in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Jerry Rice did that in 1990. Sterling Sharp did that in 1992. And Steve Smith did that in 2005. So, you know, you want to give a guy, you want to put numbers in context because it's not the same as I mentioned anymore. But you also want to give a guy his due. No doubt. Because, look, you're you're playing the rules that they give you right now. And Cooper Cup has been tremendous. And, look, it says, like, 12 catches. Like, that's impossible. Well, if the way Matthew Stafford, with the way they <laughs> use him in the offense, the fact that he is all reliable – that's not that far-fetched that he gets double-digit catches. And I thought you made a great point in the opening segment to that point that when these numbers are within reach, not saying that Sean McVay is going to force-feed it, but that could help if you want to lay a ticket down right now and Cooper mm-hmm. Cup to win the AP Offensive Player of the Year. They know those numbers, too. They right. know where, where those those uh, those markers are right. for history's sake. So, look, Jonathan Taylor's had an unbelievable year. But mm-hmm. if Cooper Cup does eclipse that, that might be your, your leading uh, vote-getter there for Offensive Player yeah, of the Year. Yeah, it's going to be a little tougher for the Rams, though, because the Rams do have a division title on the line. And who they got to play San is the Fran. team that's been their bugaboo, mm. who has had their number. San Francisco, by the way, has a playoff appearance on the line. And I was talking about that on our Rush Hour program here in Beeson with Danny Burke yesterday afternoon. And I like the 49ers at five. Now you're seeing even some three and a half in the market because I think people know, okay, this is pretty much win and end for the 49ers and uh, then you look on the Colts side with Jonathan Taylor they're what 16 point favorites now on the road at Jacksonville so it's <laughs> like okay you don't want to do what you've done remember they have not won since like 2014 down there that was Jacksonville's only win of the 2020 season was week one wow. last year the Colts at Jacksonville so they can't go down there and necessarily okay think that this is BS right. but nevertheless you're laying you know 16 on the road you got to think Jonathan Taylor is going to get plenty of carries against this Jaguars defense. Yeah, the, the reason why the, the Offensive Player of the Year award is kind of baffling to me is, so we talk about Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup there uh, as almost co-favorites. Aaron Rodgers is minus 400 to win the MVP. is plus 5,000 to win right. this award. How does that make any sense? How, how right. does that make 
any it's a, logical sense it's, whatsoever. It's, it's good to be a quarterback in the National Football <laughs> League because then you look at the MVP, Jonathan Taylor, 14 to 1, Cooper Cup, 30 to 1. Probably no chance for these guys. And, you know, sometimes, you know, receivers and running backs have the best season. I right. mean, you don't often see it necessarily in the Heisman Trophy voting. It's been mostly a quarterback award, but that that's just the way it is right now, and that's what gets emphasized. Let's talk more about the NFC here, and you see the uh, MVP odds there with the Aaron Rodgers still being the overwhelming favorite. And maybe let's talk about those Rams a little bit here in this context, because now, after the Cowboys lost uh, inexplicable to the Cardinals, at least from yours truly's perspective, which just crushed a lot of tickets that I had there, and now you look at the Rams at plus 450. And the reason why I want to uh, specify them, because we talked about Cooper Cup here, uh, Matthew Stafford obviously has had his struggles. Aaron Donald, we saw Von Miller get a big sack against the Ravens to close that out. They still have, in my eyes, maybe the best uh, cover corner in, in the game right now in Jalen Ramsey. I know that's debatable. But, yes, while the Packers are the overwhelming favorite, and they're, they've already wrapped up the one seed, so they've already won their first round game theoretically, and the Rams would have to go at some point on the road. Is there value to you at plus 450 for this team? Because, again, now they're getting back to where we thought they would be at the beginning of the year before they hit that three-game skid and, and acquired mm -hmm. uh, Von Miller and brought him into the fold. Yeah, and and look, the Rams were my pick in the Visa and Pro Football betting guide, and they were who I bet for the Super Bowl at 15-1 to to win the Super Bowl over the summer. So I'm not necessarily, because that's so compact, I don't think that there's a clear number one team. I think you have to rate the Packers number one simply because they have the best record. So when we do those, like, power ratings, you know, like when Gil and Jeff Parles do it here on a numbers game or Mike Palm does it on odds on, rating his top five, Gil and uh, Jeff, I believe, do their top ten. It's kind of hard not to have the Packers at number one. But do I think that they're overwhelmingly the best team in, in pro football? No, I don't. I think that, you know, you could shuffle them up and just kind of throw them in the air and whatever lands on the ground last is who you can pick. But with the Rams here, look, I'm about as big of a Matthew Stafford defender on this network. I, 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 th I attack I think Matthew that, Stafford. I know you do. You are a critic and I, <laughs> and I am a defender of his, but I'm running out of defense though, at least in the last I, couple weeks, because he's done five picks in three games yeah. and you can't do that in the playoffs. And that's the one thing that I think holds people back from the Rams because we've seen Matthew Stafford in the rare times he got in the playoffs with the Detroit lions and his long tenure there in the motor city. He didn't really deliver, and Matthew no. Stafford's always a guy that's kind of put up some numbers because they got to play from behind, and he never had a really good defense, which he does have at least now in Los Angeles. So it's just, you know, if the Rams can at least find a running game, if they can get which Akers like back, they're, they're, getting, they're starting right? to. Sonny Michelle, you know, the ball and, if, and if Akers can be back healthy, I know he's active. That's a pension reason, though, to yep. go ahead and activate him. He's not going to be ready, I think, to give them anything until playoff time, but if they can have a one-two punch there with uh, Michelle and Akers and take some pressure off Matthew Stafford, I think the guy can deliver, but people think he can't deliver because he has never done it. It's kind of like, you know, you're a loser because you've never won a major until you win a major. Right. And people got to be, people are going to act like they're from Missouri. You got to show me here. So <laughs> that's what the deal is with Matthew Stafford. But I really, when you look at that, and I think the odds kind of reflect that, there's not that much separation. Each one of those 
those NFC teams, especially those top five, each one of them have a weakness. Dallas has a weak yes. weakness. I think, uh, look, Trayvon Diggs is going to lead the league in interceptions this year, but he's also given up the most yards in coverage this year. So it's, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't really with Diggs. So there's some issues, I think, a little bit on in that secondary and that Cowboy defense. The issue with Tampa Bay is obviously a little bit of health and the fact that they did not go blow out the Jets on Sunday. So the Packers seem to have the least weaknesses, but I think they're still there. To your point uh, with the show me analogy from Missouri and the golf analogy, to me, Matthew Stafford's the Ricky Fowler of quarterbacks. Like, like you know, mm -hmm. you're ordained. You're the number one draft pick mm -hmm. uh, yesteryear from Georgia. I, right. You do wear the hat on backwards. I know that bothers you. But, like, you've got to go do it, dude. You've got the opportunity now. that You're out of excuses. You're flush out of excuses. Now you're on a super team with three defensive players that are going to the Hall of Fame one day. Sure. So you've got everything you need, Matthew Stafford. So now, and he might go show it. He might go show it mm -hmm. this year. But the opportunity is certainly there. He can't say now that he didn't have the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they the, the Rams this year, next year, their window of opportunity, Wide that's open. that. And after that, it's going to be closed. All right, when we come back here, we're going to have Will Hill join us here, break down his thoughts on the NFL and beyond. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. at BetMGM. Sign up now using, using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000 when you register with BetMGM. You're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM restaurant and resort nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your very first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And Wes, it's always a pleasure every Tuesday to have the king of New York. He is 
Will Hill. Follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Does a great job with the New York City cast. Uh, Will, let's get right to some of your plays that you like this week. And I want to start off down there in Duval because you like the Jags. Wes has already pointed out it's been a bit of a house of horrors for the Colts. They got to win. There's no way the Jags can pull this upset, can they? Probably not, but look, they beat them there. Uh, look, they, the Colts haven't won there since 2014, as I think Wes mentioned. Uh, the Jags beat them. Remember opening day last year with Phillip Rivers? It almost cost the Colts a playoff spot. And look, the Jags have played them tough. It was 23-17 earlier in the year, and that's with the Colts getting a touchdown on a blocked punt. So uh, the, the Jags have been right in these games. 16 is a lot of points. You would think the Colts just want to win, get out of there, and get ready for their game maybe next Saturday, maybe next Sunday. So they could be looking at a short week. They're not going to be going for style points. So if they're up 10 late, they're not going to be looking to punch one in. Uh, I don't know how much they trust Wentz now. He has not played well the past couple weeks. He was uh, you know, really lucky to throw that touchdown again the other day in the double coverage. We got bounced up in the air uh, for a touchdown. So to me, in these spots, the team that's motivated versus the team that has nothing to play for, uh, you're actually, I think, better off playing a team that's not motivated. I think the line overcompensates uh, for the motivation factor. Sometimes these teams that are big underdogs, they're loosey-goosey. They got nothing, to, you know, no, not a care in the world. They could just throw it deep, you know, run a fake punt. I think 16 is a lot of points. Part of me is just rooting for the Jaguars to win so the, the Raiders and the Chargers can play to a tie and both get in. I'd be <laughs> fat that. But I do think it's a lot of points here with the Jags. Yeah, and uh, last time, by the way, the Colts did win in Jacksonville, September 21st, 2014. Wow. Andrew Luck, uh, remember him. Wow. He was the quarterback, 370 yards. Who? Uh, Trent Richardson, a team-high 14 carries what? for 57 yards. That tells you with <laughs> that stat line how much Trent Richardson worked wow. out in Indianapolis, by the way. So I would expect Jonathan Taylor's going to have more than 14 for 57, but I'm with Will in terms of it would be Jaguars or nothing here. I think that this line is really high for a team that just has to win the game and I think that that's what we talk about Dave this is all baked into the cake about mm -hmm. a team that has to win so don't bet that and continue to throw money at a line that's already you're already paying the tax for so Will will stick in the AFC South and this is one you and I I think are in agreement on it is the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans Titans win they are officially the number one seed in the AFC Scene 11 was the opener. Still some 10 and a halves. I think a couple tens are starting to show. I actually like the Texans here in this spot. How about you? So do I. I think similar handicap to the Colts Jaguars game where, man, they're really just giving you a tax here for wanting to bet the Titans, wanting to play the team that needs something. Obviously, you know, they clinched the one seed. Hard to believe the Titans are going to be the one seed, which they probably are. They're probably going to win this game. But to me, I, I have them as just about an average team, believe mm -hmm. it or not. Uh, the Texans have played, you know, close in these games. Even that San Francisco game Sunday, I don't know if you guys watched it, you guys were doing the green zone. The, the 49ers were really lucky to cover. They got some fortunate calls. An interception uh, turned into a fumble where they, they ruled forward progress. So, uh, you know, Mills has shown me something. Uh, I, I just think this is too many points. Again, the Texans beat the Titans earlier in the year in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's had a lot of trouble moving the ball without Derrick Henry, despite that blowout win against the Dolphins, where, look, Miami just couldn't move the ball at all. I just think it's a lot of points. I'll take the 10.5 the here with the Texans. Well, did I watch it? Wes knows that was my mm. sweater on Sunday. I cannot believe Houston did not oh. cover that that number of 12, 12 and a half there. That was, uh, it, it's not an all-time beat, but it's certainly one you look at and you go, God, you felt like you were well, on that, the right that side. That big pass interference, yes. I think, is what turned 
turn the game for San Francisco because Trey Lance is very much struggling. Mm -hmm. Just kind of throws it up for grab. A very questionable call, and that's a spot foul. So it was about a 40-yard penalty, right. and that's kind of what put Texans behind the eight ball. But I'm trying to move on from that one, Will, and we uh, go on to greener pastures here on this Sunday. Look, I look at the Packers, and I, and I know you you like them this week uh, against Detroit on the road. We talk about motivation. There will be no motivation for Green Bay. They've already wrapped up the number one seed here, uh, laying under a field goal right now. I'm assuming this means you're going to back Jordan Love because I can't imagine that Aaron Rodgers plays in this game, does he? Yeah, another thing to watch week 17, week 18, the last week of the year. Information is so important. Follow these beat writers on Twitter. Follow the press conferences. Uh, LaFleur said something yesterday where he said, look, I don't think it'll be in the best interest of my team if they basically have three weeks off, with meaning, you know, they take this week off, they have the bye, and then they play, you know, end of January or whatever. Uh, so that's a lot of time off. That hints to me that maybe the Packers play their guys for a half. And even on the Manning cast yesterday, Rodgers made the point that, uh, uh, I think the Manning said something like, look, you're not going to be playing this Sunday, obviously. And Rogers says, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> wow. Maybe Rogers throw a couple of touchdowns here. Make sure you got the MVP. Maybe when these first half lines come out, uh, you can play the Packers on the first half. We could actually see a scenario here where I think it's like a pick them for the game. And maybe the Packers are minus three or four for the first half where it doesn't match up at all. Uh, but I, I would look towards the Packers here. I do think they'll play their guys for a little bit. And when you look at the line and I'm looking at my screen here and there was one that maybe did not update a far away place. Packers would be about 10, 10 and a half, 11 point favorites if everybody was going to go. Right. If all things were were just uh, relative and were normal here. Now you're seeing two in the market. So look, maybe it's announced later in the week that Aaron Rodgers gets some reps and then this goes up. So look, you want to buy the low if you want to get Green Bay. I think now is the time mm -hmm. to do so. If in fact you want to do that, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, they go ahead and play. And look, they may, to Will's point, and we were talking about it earlier, these awards, LaFleur, co-favorite right now for Coach of the Year. Aaron Rodgers, obviously the big favorite for MVP at minus $4 at BetMGM. So I guess why wouldn't you maybe give him at least a little bit of reps? I know you don't want to see a guy get hurt. And we well, saw that. Well, he's got on, a toe injury, well, we, allegedly. Yeah, well, they were joking with him about that last <laughs> night. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of giving that little smirk like, yeah, I know. I've been yeah. playing this up. But, you know, we're looking to Saturday. And you don't want like a Matt Corral for Ole Miss situation right. where a guy gets hurt because that was the big debate. Oh, opt out or not opt out. But. Nevertheless, uh, Green Bay, I think if you get them, you want to get them now. Will, uh, let's go to a game that uh, does not have a ton of playoff implications, even though New Orleans mm -hmm. still in the hunt. They're at 8-8. Eight and eight. They need, obviously, some help, I think, going forward because the Eagles are already in. So it's basically the 49ers and the Saints for the same spot. And that's why, by the way, they're playing these games at the same time on Sunday because the NFL, I think, has tried to do a good job, by the way, of not having teams Very be smart. like, okay, we're going to play our reserves here. They want every game to matter. And by and large, most of them do but you like the home dog here in the Atlanta Falcons who did get eliminated from contention last weekend yeah look the Saints according to the market are pretty much a coin flip to make the playoffs they're a, a small favorite over the Falcons the 49ers are a small underdog against the Rams so the, the Saints have a path here to actually get in I just think this is too many points this is actually a pretty good rivalry those teams don't really like each other uh, Atlanta plays them well even when the Saints have good teams Atlanta plays them well and they beat them earlier in their uh, in the year in New Orleans 
Four and a half is a lot. Atlanta does not do well when they step up in class. They get blown out by the better teams. But the Saints aren't one of these better teams. They really struggle to score. It's really painful to watch them on offense, even against a bad Carolina team. Couldn't really pull away the other day. So uh, I like Atlanta plus the four and a half. They beat them earlier in the year. To me, this is a field goal game. Give me Atlanta. Can we sneak in one more, Will? Because, again, I, I think you do a great job with the city cast there for New York. And you look at Zach Wilson and Robert Sala in the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. Now they're getting a ton of points, 16 and a half at Buffalo. Buffalo has to win this game, obviously, to wrap up uh, the AFC East. Are you seeing anything out of the Jets recently that feels like they're starting to turn the corner? Would you, would you be willing to back them and take those 16 and a half? That was actually a really impressive effort against the Bucks the other day. That wasn't fluky. That wasn't, you know, based off turnovers. They just went toe-to-toe with uh, with the Bucks. Now, they, they coughed it up late. They failed on the fourth and two, but they were pretty impressive. That being said, I would lean towards the Bills here. The Bills are a little bit of a bully. They're kind of the opposite of Atlanta. They play a bad team. They just beat them up. I think right. the Bills have the point differential in the league here. Uh, 17's getting expensive. I'd probably look for a 16 and a half. At 17, it's probably a pass, but I would actually probably lean towards the Bills here. Wow. That's a ton of points, 17 to lay. But, yeah, it, it does feel like they do beat up on the Sisters of the Poor on a weekly basis. All right, Will, appreciate it as always. Follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. We'll see you on the Green Zone. You had a good game this week, so no complaints, right? No complaints. Our finale for the Green Zone on Sunday. I think this is the last go-round. It's kind of sad. There's a tear coming out of my one eye right now, Will. All right, uh, thanks to Will Hill, as always. When we come back here, and Wes, you just alluded to it there, and I, I think it's a great exercise in the NFL. Would you bet now or bet later? Like, I think that the Packers example is a prime example of that. We'll discuss, get Wes's thoughts there. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.